Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another Supercoach Insider podcast. My name is Swiss, here to talk all things Supercoach AFL. Yes, it is time. First pre-season team discussion, and no better time of two months to go to the start of the season to start talking about what I'm thinking about my team. As always, check us out on all our social media platforms, in particular YouTube, Spotify, and get in contact with us via Twitter, Supercoach Insider 100. Ben is pretty good at answering that. And for me personally, Swizz26. Uh, thank you to all the support I've had over the postseason and the AFL offseason. In particular, the BBL has not been my greatest year for that, which is really frustrating as an expert this year. But at least my uh, the, one of the leagues I'm in is currently ranked number one. Did have a much better NBL season, which is still going. About six weeks to go in that and just outside the top 100 and did have a weekly win there. So a bit of a mixed bag, but happy to come back and talk some AFL. Uh, big shout out to whoever put together this buy a chart. Um, and apologies for not sharing who you are because that was shared with me. But um, it does outline all the buys and we'll get talking into all that in a moment. I did put out um, my day one team reveal when Supercoach did open for those gold subscribers. Uh, and a few things have already changed as we start looking through the buyers and talking to the boys. Uh, ben and Chris did put up some early thoughts with their little car trip um, video. And yeah, I've seen a little bit of discussion so far with the other podcasters out there. So definitely a fun time when we start playing with our teams. A lot of information comes through uh, this time of year uh, as the teams get back. Unfortunately, Hawthorne have already had a serious injury to Will Day. So naturally, there'll be changes there. Um, hopefully for us, maybe potentially rookies. Uh, so there's always um, you know an interesting time to see what um, game plans are happening. Essendon, uh, you would had a bit of a trial session the other day where they'll try um, playing Nick Martin down at halfback. It'll be interesting to see how that eventuates because of the amount of midfielders and halfbacks they kind of do. Uh, North Melbourne, uh, I've had Sheasel in my team up to about yesterday where the news came that Zach Fisher was uh, being the distributor through um, halfback and then Sheasel uh, was actually playing in a more forward mid-role. So you get these sort of changes, you start looking at and hearing what's happening with teams until we really see it in the preseason. You can't really lock it in, but yeah, a lot of teams are out practicing now what they are hopefully to put in, want to put in place starting round zero this year for some teams, which is Sydney, Melbourne on Thursday the 7th of March. Now round zero, uh, that is eight teams playing that week. Ten teams, as you can see there, have the bye. Those points will not count. Supercoach will officially kick off in round one. So effectively, we are going to have um, the eight teams involved, which is Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Carlton, Suns, Richmond, and Giants, Collingwood, playing one less game to everyone else. So every team has two buys. Uh, so we see it's a 24-round zero season plus zero. So it's technically 25 rounds. You take the two buys, every team should be playing 23 matches which means a player in round zero will only play 22 super coach matches uh, so the, uh, you've got to kind of do the maths on that and go okay if a player is score averaging 100 um, from those 23 games which would be 2300 points um, you would have a situation where those um players from the uh playing the 22 games would have to average 104 0.5 points throughout that period to equal them now some of them obviously are going to be really good and will average really well but um, there is some risk involved 
with playing a player who's going to play less games and then just when do you try to target them and get them in their prices however will move so um, we have that round three rolling average so if you are around zero person so let's hypothetically say a gws player they play in round zero play in round one their price will then change for round two and then round three then they obviously have a buy as it's listed there where for example Essendon say don't have a round zero buy so they play round one round two their price changes will change round three so there's a little bit of strategy involved in our starting teams this year we don't know exactly how many trades we're going to have if we sort of go off last year with that was at 35 including five boosts you'd think it might be similar uh, Herald Sun and Supercoach you as you could expect are trying to appeal also for the casual fan the more trades they have the more likely they're going to stay involved and it's more likes and more um, you know people looking at their sponsors so you can understand that I continue to push the idea that people who are Supercoach Gold su subscribers should play for a different um, prize pool and able to have a second team where it might be a, a different um, uh, sort of set of rules where you would have maybe say go old school 20 trades or you could do a whole lot of stuff so you could do more the AFL fantasy where it's two trades a week works very well in the Supercoach BBL with three trades a week um, and have that as the general one and then maybe do something different for the gold subscribers um, which I think would be beneficial but nothing has been announced on that yet we can only hope Okay, so in regards to teams and what I'm looking at at the moment, uh, it's, it's a bit of a rolling thing, um, as it always is at this time of the year. So James Sicily, we'll start with the defence. So James Sicily locked in. Um, you know, he'd probably have to get injured or for whatever reason start playing at full forward, which I find that very hard to believe. Um, playing, being there, he was the, you know, the reason why he was the second top defender last year. Intercepts does everything right. So I don't see a lot of that changing. Tom Stewart, I want to really see what happens with his role. It's easy to have him in there at the moment to go sort of up and down. They do have a few early games in Geelong and the MCG, which Tommy Stewart always likes. Some talk about him maybe getting some midfield time, so we'll have to see how that affects his scoring because we know how good he is at halfback. Um, I've got Hayden Young in there at uh, the third position, and yeah, he now that is one move that could be looking into the midfield, which I do like. Uh, potentially a midfield of Brayshaw, Sarong, and Hayden Young. Uh, did play there in that last game where I got to watch him um, live against the Hawks. And yeah, did look very good in that position. So um, I, I, I don't mind that move, and a lot of people are looking at Hayden Young. Uh, they do have quite a few like rebounding half defenders and wingers that they can sort of r rotate. So if Young is looking like he might have more time around the ball, it's going to be hard to ignore him. Uh, Sheasel's come out and Brayshaw has come in for now. And the reason I like Brayshaw is, unfortunately, Clayton Oliver is still dealing with his off-field issues. Um, you know, we hope he works through them. But if he looks unlikely to put a preseason in and play round one or early, um, Brayshaw is the obvious one because he will get that midfield time uh, so some player I really like I know he does have that round six buy but there is a plan with that and, and it sort of links in also with Himmelberg being in there Himmelberg playing in that intercept defender role we know how good he has been in that role it's just a shame he's not listed as a four this year but he's only a defender because he was playing in that defense and once he went down there he was you know a very solid scorer and definitely value at that price at 450,000. Zach Williams coming off the, those couple of years of injuries 216 uh, I'd be shocked if he's 
well, let's just say of you know, 100% of people who are playing Supercoach, 70, 80% of real fair income teams, he'll be in that 70 to 80%. Um, yeah, it'd be, there'd be something have to go wrong with his body for us to leave him out of that price. Uh, Toby Pink, the former Swan, North have lost a lot of defenders, so can see a position for him down there, especially with Ben Mackay going out. And Caulfield, you know, tra- changing over from the Dogs, uh, from the Saints to the Dogs, uh, you know, was a top 10 talent. It'd be interesting to see how his body goes and how he kind of fits in there, but we know the Dogs have had some issues with defence, so, and that and Bevo does like to bring players in and play roles, so there is potential for Caulfield to come in. He could be one that we just don't see this year. He could be one that, you know, comes in throughout the season. We don't know, but it's not a bad place getter just there. In regards to a couple of the um, players that have been left out, in particular Dacos, um, and kind of worried about his early fixture. Not only does he have uh, that round zero match, and his buys, so his buys in round five, uh, but round one he plays the Swans, which is um, I know he's only played two years, but um, he struggled the most against Sydney from a Super Coach point of view, and then in round um, four, which is the gather round. Uh, they are playing the Hawks, which then probably means he's going to get the Finn McGuinness attention. Now, he could be good enough to break that through, um, but we know what, how good of a, a tagger Finn is. So the thought there is, with Brayshaw having the round six by, and we don't know what's going on with Oliver, but let's assume at the moment Oliver might get himself right and might be coming back by after that round six by, depending on how much preseason they can get into him. And we know other players get injured and stuff happens, but Brayshaw at that price, um, which is only in the 500s. And Melbourne, like, it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, a cracking draw. You know, the Swans, the Dogs, uh, you know, Port Adelaide away. Um, you know, they do have the Crows and the Lions, but at the same time, that could mean more contested footy, uh, closest games there for the Ds. So there's a chance if Brayshaw is in those guts, you know, he could potentially go, like, a 110 average during those uh, first five matches, or for them six matches, because zero, one, two, three, four, five, um, and then hopefully Brayshaw might make between twenty and fifty k in that time. Dacos then um, has his ba- his buy round five. His next buy is not to round fifteen, and potentially could be looking at going Brayshaw to Dacos um, just in time for the Anzac Day. And you'd hope then maybe Dacos has dropped say fifty k, gets down to six hundred, and it might be only a fifty k swing to get Brayshaw to day cost. So there's a bit of thought there. I know talking to Chris, he's got the similar thinking as well. So um, just some, a bit of f- food for thought around these buyers. And that's the same thing with Himmelberg right now as well. So Himmelberg has that round th- uh, three buyers. So he plays zero, one, and two. GWS, and you'll see when I talk midfield as well, the Giants have as good of a start as you can get. Um, yeah, the, pie, the pies at home, yeah, but at least it's at home. You never know. The Pies will have four weeks less, you know, pre-season. Some of these things, we know the Giants did go deep, but sometimes these grand final teams and premiership teams in particular do start back late. You know, it's only natural that you win a premiership. You're not going to be in right form for round, well, in this case, round zero. A lot of those teams sort of work back so they're ready, you know, early in the season, maybe round four, five, six, and they, they come home strong get the uh, miles in the legs as the season goes on. So I'd expect the Pies to probably start slow. The Giants probably get up on that first game. And then the Giants then play North Melbourne at home and West Coast away. So couldn't get a better start. 
So there is potential there um, for uh, some good price rises for these Giants places. And that's why Himmelberg in that midfield green and even young Cadman in my forward line. Uh, so the hope would be, um, and as much as you don't like sort of technically trading premiums, but looking at starting a couple of these GWS players to then swing to either a Brisbane or Carlton player, in particular a Carlton player, for um, round three. So what will happen is you get the, the boost there, and let's just talk about this midfield as well. Tom Green, I know Chris will talk about Kelly as well. Cornelio will be an option. Toby Green, all those GWS players who can go big. So you say you'd hope they have a reasonable game against the Pies. They absolutely smash it against North and West Coast. And the fact that they've got the bye then after that, there's, there's not even a, a case where, oh, you know, they can probably just take the foot off the pedal. Um, we, we do expect a bit of an improvement in West Coast, but it could be a case where the Giants, uh, and we, we know the Giants actually lost like over there last year, so they'll be ready to, um, to really go and make sure there's no slip-ups in, in that match um, because, yeah, be yeah, obviously embarrassing and be put them really on the back foot if they were to go down like 19 points last year they lost to to the Eagles. I don't think it's happening this year again. So they go all out those first three games. Hopefully, say, Himmelberg averages over 100, maybe 110. To, um, Tom Green or Kelly in the midfield could put up a couple 120-plus games, maybe even higher than that. Get that first price rise, you know, be it somewhere between 10 and 30K, depending on how well they go. And then you can then trade them to a player who's just had their buy, which so in round two, Brisbane and Carlton come off their buy. Now, the Lions do have another buy in round 12, so it depends on sort of what buy structure you're going. The one I like there is you get a good look at Kitty Coleman. Um, so that's potential to bring him in as the guy replacing Daniel Rich. We saw what he did in the grand final. And then in the midfield, maybe Tom Green or Kelly, depending on which one you start, or Cornelia, becomes um, Sam Walsh from Carlton. Uh, so what what you'd be hoping there, <coughs> because zero and round one are played, Brisbane and Carlton players will be on the bubble. So you'll get a good look at which player is started off really well. Yes, you are using one or two trades to do this, but it's about maximizing points. So that week, yes, it's best 18 in round two, but somebody else is their best 18th will probably be playing a rookie who might score 20, 30, 40 points. Um, if you can then trade and bring in, say, a Walsh or a Coleman or a Dunkley Neal, and they go and come out and get 120. And if we look at those, that round three match, in particular, the Blues, so the Lions do play the Pies, but the Blues play North Melbourne on the Good Friday match. So there's a potential there for the Blues to um, get off the chain as well. So effectively, you are getting two bites at the cherry of North Melbourne in those first four rounds as in 0, 1, 2, 3. And um, that could put you 100, 120 points, whatever, ahead of the rest of the competition by using a trade. Plus, you might have made some cash by the fact that um, not only one of these players has a price rise, but maybe Sam Walsh or Cripps or one of them, or even another, there's another player, cheaper, say, as we said, Kitty Coleman, who could be on the bubble with a, you know, a break even of 10, 20, 30, where you can pick it up, uh, where other people are going to struggle to get them in. Uh, so yes, yeah, so there's there's a bit of a thought with that strategy as well, and that's what we were talking about before with Brayshaw to Dacos. Uh, so I don't mind so much as you're starting these. It's just you can't start too many of these premiums. Uh, so yeah, we go through the midfield. Yeah, Butters, uh, LDU, they're like the next, and, and Brayshaw, the next sort of uh, stars off 
coming through. I'm, I'm trying to avoid some of those older guys um, where possible. So yeah, they, they've all announced themselves as legitimate Supercoach premiums these days. So um, I've got full confidence in them. Matt Crouch, Guthrie, kind of what Jack Steele, that's that sort of range there. Some people are looking at it as M6, some at M5. At the moment, I've got it as M5. Um, and I just think it'll probably be the player who gets through the preseason the best. Uh, but they've all got kind of value. We saw Jack Steele kind of had a poor game. Does that kind of continue just the way Ross Lyon plays? St Gilda kind of did talk a little bit about that last season. Um, we know he's a tackling machine. Matt Crouch back in that midfield. Depends on how Adelaide set up. If they need him to play in there, and um, we know he can you know, average 100 minimum um, <laughs> just walking on the field. So uh, to have some confidence of picking him as that later spot and hopefully just chugs along the 1-5, one, 1-10 one, um, average and yeah, potentially could just become one of those players becomes your M8 or at worst, you know, the Crows have the round 15 by. So he's he's the perfect one. Because, you know, could he go 105 to 110 for those first, you know, up to round 15? And then you could potentially side swap him to a round 14 player. Guthrie could work, and so still, that's why, the, you know, all late buyers, you'd probably be less likely to trade Steel. And Guthrie, I'd have more concerns about him getting through and playing all those games. Geelong, we know, do like to rotate his body and being that little bit older. We've, um, yeah, it does, there is some more risk involved in that, but. I kind of like that play as you're either your M5 or M6. Uh, Harley Reid, you know, he should be in everybody's team at the four line. Did have a little bit of that injury scare, but he'll all going well pre-season. He'll be right. So I've just got him in the mid, uh, midfield at the moment because uh, I can, you know, sort of chop and change and it's easier to move him back in the four line and move one of those um, forward guys, um, rookies out depending on if a midfielder puts their hand up. Uh, McCurkage and Sanders waxed each other last year, um, both Played for the Allies and Tasmania. Uh, both should see early action. So I do like putting those expensive guys because it's easy to go from them down than trying to find the money to get up for them. So they're the placeholders at the moment. Um, three of the highest picked players in this draft. So, um, yeah, they're, they're all ball machines and hopefully they're there. If they're not there early, yeah, it's just easier to go down. Uh, Jeremy Sharp's crossed over from the Suns to Frio. So it would be interesting to see if he gets a wing roll over there. Um, depends, I guess, on Chapman's injury, and even Chapman's a bit of a look at 250k in that defence, um, but I don't mind having Sharp there. Clark, he, he was the one that they did that Bose trade to get that pick seven the year before, hopefully gets more opportunity this year, you'd think he would now that he's had a season under his belt, um, and then the Cats have picked up, um, I think he's uh, a bit of a mature ager here in, uh, I think it's... Um, say this right Madden um, so yeah 117k I've seen him floating on a lot of benches and if, you know I think we well actually we've we've seen this with Geelong in the past it's just um yeah they they've got this habit of just picking players up from from nowhere and um, potentially you know it, it's that 117k could just become one of those um, VFL options you know you know he's 26 years old I think potentially, you know, you know playing, playing down, you know, what's he played at Werribee last season? Um, yeah, uh, you, you could see him, because he's mature age, coming in and playing a role for them. Um, 
you know, I think it's a bit of a free hit at the the stumps there. But just because he is mature age, you're more likely to get that. They've obviously targeted him for a reason. So, yeah, he can definitely play a role there. And probably shows Geelong are still fighting with, you know, do they have one last crack by Danger and Stewart and all those guys are there? Or it's a case of, you know, do we start blooding some young guys? But if they're going to play a 26-year-old, probably going to still have a crack for now. Uh, the Rucks, uh, Gorn and Grundy. Now, the only issue with that is both have a buy, one in round five, one in round six. I've uh, seen some people thinking about Marshall. Tim English, I'm sort of leaving alone at the moment. I want to see the, the breakdown with him and Lob in the Ruck. There was talk that Lob might get a bit more time. Um, so sort of how they structure that forward line will be interesting. I uh, don't really want a piece of that. I don't mind the idea of Cherry um, and then trying to get to Grundy or Gorn after their buy. Uh, that's a potential move that I don't mind either. Cherry could get a bit of a, um, you know, on a roll early, especially when we just talked about a couple of those matchups like GWS, you know, it's going to be Briggs. So you've got the kind of the young ruck there. I think actually a couple of people did talk about looking at Briggs, a couple of sides I've seen, but I'd, um, I think I'd much prefer, if you're going to go a cheaper one, it's not Gorn or Grundy who have value. Um, yeah, Cherry could be the one there. Um, you know, Frio, it depends if Shrek's playing or not. And then if Shrek's not playing, do we just start Jackson in the rucks and then pivot him down to the forward line? Uh, Carlton will probably have, um, you know, Pitonet or um, SDK. Uh, so, you know, Cherry, that's not a terrible matchup there either. Um, and then even, like, uh, what's, the, what's the Geelong game after that? So in round five... Uh, so yeah, they they re-Stanley or do they go somewhere else with their rucks? Yeah, they, they have, so Cherry could potentially come out and score. You know, if he if he could average ninety five to one hundred, it's not out of the realm as the first ruck at North Melbourne. Probably most likely to get a lot of tackles hitting the ball down there, and they do have a decent midfield North Melbourne, so they could be hit out to advantage. So um, I don't mind that now with Goldie out. So that could be a potential play if I didn't want to start two rucks that are going to have an early buy. But Gorn and Grundy are a lot of value. Uh, Grundy, obviously, back his first ruck in Sydney, hitting small ground, a lot of stoppages, and then Max Gorn as sole ruck. We know what he's going to do. So I think if either, I probably would start Gorn, um, especially if Oliver's not going to be there as much as it's somebody that he taps down to. It probably just allows to be more points for Gorn um, to get in that centre. Um, he's, he's very good at winning the ball himself. So... I could see maybe a situation where I go, say, Gorn and Cherry, and then Cherry uh, you know, gets traded out for round six for Gorn, um, Grundy when I get a, a look at him. Here in Strawn sitting on the bench at the moment, we'll just sort of see which Adelaide or which ruck, um, rookie ruck stands up as the best. A lot of time we like to use as that forward um, ruck option, and especially if we're looking at Jackson, it's probably the best play there. But for now, he could uh, maybe a Toby Conway, um, it just depends on which rookie ruck looks likely to get early games. It might even be Melbourne, um, depending on what they do. But then they've also got potential to put, say, a Shacky in there. But if um, you know Gorn goes down, maybe they'll have a rookie ruck that could potentially get some games. So I'll have a little look at that as the preseason goes on. And the forward line, I've gone super cheap in the forward line. Outside of probably Jackson McRae, now that Bailey Smith's down, down for the year. Um, there's, and Luke Jackson, if um, Shrek was to get injured. The forwards don't really appeal for me at the moment. I kind of want to be a wait and see, maybe see which players pick up dual position. So Tom Lynch, um, he's going to be a bit of a make and break for a lot of people because we start round one, he plays round zero against his old club, the Suns. Now, um, 
they've had some really good big battles up there. The um, Sam Collins and Tom Lynch do have a bit of a rivalry. Uh, and yeah, so if Lynch absolutely stinks it up, it's, I can see a lot of people dropping off. Uh, if he goes massive, you know, a lot of people can go on. I kind of hope he actually does go, like, pretty poor in that first game. Maybe it's a bit slippery up there and no one gets, like, a 30 or a 40 works into it because he'll be better as it goes on. And that early low score will drop out. I'm probably more worried about if he goes bang first round because there'll probably be a low score coming at some point. But we did see that period of a couple of years ago where we just went massive for, like, four or five-week period one of the premier forwards in the competition. So at 287, it's um, hard to ignore him. Jordan's cross from Melbourne to Sydney, the uh, the famous sub in the grand final. He didn't get a, get a run on, but he's been in and out of that side and played a lot of sub for a long time there. So he should get a bigger role in Sydney, either be the guts or out on the wing. So, yeah, value there. Same with um, James Harms crossing over for Melbourne. Now that Bailey Smith is out injured and they've lost that wingman, uh, you know, with Lockie Hunter already going over to the Ds the year before, uh, there is opportunity there for somebody. We saw um, the Doggies pick up Kate, uh, Caleb Poulter last year in the mid-season draft. So Harms, there is potential there. He could get on a wing or a half forward and, and sort of move around with Poulter. Um, so if he does lock down that role, you know, there could be a guy who could easily average 80. Uh, so yeah, two, 258. Um, again, I don't mind that. Uh, Billings, uh, we, we all know about the high draft pick. Anybody who's watched any of Scoops, uh, you know, absolutely hates the Bont because they did go Billings before Bont, and now he's not even there at the St Kilda anymore. We haven't seen the best of Billings. Uh, could the fresh start at Melbourne really help him? If Clary's not there, you know, if they have a couple other injuries, could he potentially push it towards that midfield? Or does, you know, he get a benefit of that half forward line with maybe not as much pressure on him anymore? Uh, so I don't mind that as a bit of a value one. Tabernar, you know, returning from injury in that free forward line. Uh, be, be it, I'd prefer him at centre forward, but full forward or centre forward. Can he kick enough goals? But I'd really hope he could get up the ground and take some big marks at, you know, 172. Uh, we're talking like we're not even premium rookie price there. You know, he's, he's probably I'm going to have to come out and average what maybe 30, 35 to um, just to break even. You know, if he get, gets a couple contested marks, kicks a couple goals, he could easily you know average average 60 there. Um, I'm not hoping the world, but 172 for a, a guy that's been in the comp 10 years, um, I think that's potentially a no-brainer as long as he's fit for round one. Uh, I talked about the Giants before with Cad Cadman, the number one pick, should get more opportunities, and I think he could get them early. Uh, they are trying to play around with that forward line, but with West Coast and North Melbourne in rounds one and two, there, a you know potential could have you know if, if he's going to kick an early bag in his career, that could be one of those games. Uh, so I don't mind it as that person who could potentially kick a three, four, five game goal, get a, a hundred point game into him and get an early price rise and yeah, wouldn't have to walk at trading him out for round three. But even if it was a case where he went massive sort of round zero or one and his break even was uh, and yeah, had a poor game round two, two um, yeah, you can look at them maybe side swapping to a son or even, um, I mean, to a Brisbane or a Blues player, but it even could be the case where yeah, he just makes a week's early cash than some of these other players and move him on. Uh, Finlay McRae is probably the guy that I feel like won't be there, but every year 
he, you know, we kind of have him in our sides pre-season. He's a little bit of a Will Gould about him, but hopefully he gets his opportunities this year. I think he signed a one-year contract, so it's now or never for him. And uh, Biggie Newen, who's crossed over from Richmond to North Melbourne. North Melbourne do not have key defenders. They haven't really signed anyone outside. You know, so you've got Pink, Newen, they've, they've, Griffin Logue was already there. That They brought in Aiden Cores, not that, not tall enough to really play as that one or two lockdown. So I think Biggie will could get a real opportunity down there and he's probably only going to score 40s and 50s in that role but it only needs that game where he takes three or four intercept marks and all of a sudden and takes potentially maybe gets a kick in or two and then you know he has that 70 or 80 point game and you're laughing for a guy who's 123k so uh, probably could be one of the better forward rookies for us uh guys that i've had in there like we've got that uh Tassadis and uh, nate caddy from essendon so the two essendon boys Kind of, there's a lot of doubt on how Essendon are going to line up round one. But, yeah, I don't mind having a Taverner or Billings there because it's easy to go down if they absolutely smash the preseason and name round one. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of the easy picks and a couple of the players I'm looking at there. But outside of that, um, yeah, there's not too many that are really, you know, screaming in the house for me to go, yeah, I need this guy in the side. And, you know, two months out, we get a lot like that. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of chop and changing. But... Yeah, just a bit of food for thought at the moment. So, yeah, trying to, uh, if I'm going to go injury-prone players, it's going to be, you know, guys who are value, you know, under 300K, and we've talked about that, and in your premium guys realistically, and maybe that's why Tom Stewart might change. Um, yeah, I'm trying to back in some of these young players this year. I think it's the, we saw it last year where these young players started to match the top players in the league. Can they now take the next step and, um, you know, really pass them, overpass them. And the only one that I've probably left out that a few, a few people is, that, well, the two, Petrarca and Bont. Um, Bont's really highly priced to start the season, but I do love him as an option. You know, he's got the last bout by, so you're going to get a full 14 weeks there of him. Uh, so potentially I might have to try to find the cash to sort of work him in. And the last one's Petrarca, where, where if Clary doesn't line up round one, well, it might be a must pick but at the same time um, trying to balance how many of these players I want for best 18 you know I don't want too many uh, you know you're still going to have enough premiums and if you set it up right you could potentially have you know 12 13 premiums the problem is uh, if you have say a Petrarca or a um, one of these other guys Dacos um, Neil who are going to miss an early match uh, you're going to find a situation where, yeah, again, that best 18, if that's a rookie scoring sort of um, 30 or 40, where other players are going to have a premium guy going 110 that week, you're gonna, you are going to lose points to them. So it is a, a bit of a balance on how many of those you want on your team. So, yeah, that's, that's some early thoughts. Tell us what you're thinking early, any things that you... Um, seen with my team that you you know kind of like to change or or, or you like or there's you know your own kind of strategy if you if you've got some thoughts on that and you know it's going to be a long pre-season but yeah hopefully um fingers crossed you know it's a it's a healthy one for teams and they'll hit the ground running come round zero all right thanks for tuning in guys and we'll talk soon